Welcome in to the Morning Quickie, Tuesday, May 28th. A couple of big stories coming out of Boston as Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Final goes to the Bruins. St. Louis jumped out to a 2-0 lead early, early in the second period, about a minute into the second period. And from that moment on, it was all Boston. They tied it up by the end of the second period. And in the third period, two goals, including one at the end against the empty netter, uh, put the game away. Boston jumps out to a 1-0 lead as if they need uh, any more championships or anything like that. But, yeah, also a uh, big story coming out of in the baseball world. Wasn't even really, wasn't even really, you know, on the field stuff as as Bill Buckner dies at the age of sixty nine. Bill Buckner is one of the more tragic stories in sports to me. You know, when you look all throughout sports history, that's a guy who you know obviously made the the big mistake in the nineteen eighty six World Series. Ball goes through the leg. Mets win. Mets win the series. You know all about it. Um, that it, you know helped extend Boston's title drought at the time. You wouldn't believe it, knowing how many they've won recently. But uh, yeah, you know it helped the Red Sox continue their their losing ways, helped the curse, all that. Bill Buckner was pretty much ran out of town and lived a pretty sad life, or at least a pretty sad existence when it comes to baseball uh, for the rest of his life. Did have a little bit of redemption once the Red Sox started winning. Uh, and kind of was were able to uh, you know let him let him come out of hiding, and you know Bill Buckner did have the really good pop culture moment where he was on a season of Curb Your Enthusiasm, where he uh, you know has to catch a baby coming out of the window, kind of redeem himself that way. But he dies at the age of sixty nine. Uh, last baseball story also comes out of Boston, where Dustin Pedroia. Uh, held a press conference along with manager Alex Cora and Dave Dombrowski, where he pretty much announced he's moved to the 60-day injured list. They don't call it disabled anymore. They call it injured. And, you know, pretty much just flat out said, my knee's never going to heal. He was asked, are you going to play again? He said, I'm not sure if I'll ever play again. So it seems like Dustin Pedroia, uh, his career seems to officially be winding down, coming to an end. Let's look to some college basketball stuff. Uh, some big news coming out of Kansas. They're they're kind of the Boston equivalent right now, as uh, they are at the center of two of these biggest stories. Silvio D'Souza is now eligible to play for Kansas after the NCAA lifted the second year of his two-year suspension. He's the guy who kind of got the whole Adidas thing started, uh, as they found out that D'Souza's uh, handler had received money from an agent. They determined that D'Souza knew that his handler was getting money from an agent. So they basically suspended him for two years. This happened, you know, the, in last year. I believe he was suspended for the first 21 games. And they said, you know what? Two years. Uh, now that second year has been lifted. He'll be eligible to play for Kansas next year, this upcoming season. So I guess some good news out of there, which is another thing that just kind of proves. I'm not sure exactly what happened with this whole FBI investigation. So far, there haven't been any scalps on the wall. So far, there hasn't even really been anyone. I mean, I guess the biggest punishment has been this guy, D'Souza, missing a year of basketball. 
all things considered, it could be worse, I guess. He he will be back for uh, year two. Kansas, like I said, in the center of the sports world. As we look and we see that today, the number five prospect and the top remaining uncommitted prospect, R.J. Hampton, will announce his college decision this morning. I believe he's going to do so around 8 o'clock on ESPN's Get Up. It is down to the final three. Kansas, obviously, one of those final three. Uh, they have gone out of their way to talk about how much uh, the dad has gone out of his way to talk about how much he likes Bill Self. They said that they're going to make this decision based on you know roster consideration, coaching pedigree, conference affiliation, location, a couple other things. And they're going to put scores next to all and then kind of look and say, okay, here's our winner. They at least said, hey, Bill, Bill Self is a 10 on this uh, meter. Kansas, Memphis, if you can follow basketball recruiting at all, you know Memphis has the number one recruiting class in the country. James Wiseman, the number one or number two player in the country, depending on how you look. He, to me, he's by far number one. And uh, they were able to grab the uh, number 10 guy last week. Now they're trying to add number five. I don't think there's room for him at Memphis, but it's really just a testament to Penny Hardaway, as much as I hate to see it, that he is going to be in the mix for all of these players, it seems like. R.J. Hampton's dad said, a lot of people say my son's got a little asshole in his game. Well, so did Penny. Penny's also an asshole. We like him. Basically, like, yeah, we know that there's going to be tough uh, minutes to have. You know, Memphis, last time I checked, had eight recruits coming in. Two five stars. Five four stars. And then the number two uh, transfer, grad transfer. The fact that this guy's even considering Memphis is scary because that's a place that you should look at and say, yeah, no real room there. Let's go somewhere else where we're not going to be Fighting all these freshmen for minutes, but we'll see uh, what the announcement is. The other one, Texas Tech. Texas Tech uh, obviously has been balling. Chris Beard, elite coach. The dad said, hey, he's turning two stars into four stars and three stars into five stars. Basically, he's coached these boys up. Imagine what he could do with a five-star. So we'll see what that announcement is today as R.J. Hampton, the number one uncommitted player makes his decision. Um, I guess last bit of news, uh, if you're a Tennessee fan, Tennessee baseball in the tournament, the drought is over. Tennessee is in the tournament. Baseball, the baseball balls will be a two seed in Chapel Hill where they will play Liberty on Friday. To get past Liberty, it's most likely they will play North Carolina in Chapel Hill. So the baseball squad makes the cut in the tournament. Shout out to Tony Vitello. Shout out to the boys. Uh, successful season. Good for them. I had a couple of uh, interesting stories. I guess the first one I saw was uh, Turner Sports. You know, TNT, Bleacher Report, all that. Turner Sports is investing in uh, basically uh, Gen X and millennials, they say. They are going to go all in on this sports gambling as they announced they are opening a full-blown video content production studio broadcasting straight from the casino floor of Caesars Palace. It says they're opening up a, a full digital content studio, basically, on the floor where they could pump out videos and you know really try to capitalize on the legalized gambling. So far, we've had that, I think, in eight states. Obviously, Tennessee is 
I want to say in July, going to have the legalized online gambling. So it's here. The future is now. Police report will air a lot of that content just on their app where they uh, say that 63% of sports fans aged 21 of 34 find sports gambling socially acceptable. That's 12% higher than the general public. Uh, they found some data that says betters are five times more engaged on their app than non-betters. And 82% of their app users are betters or interested in gambling. So 82%, and they say I think almost 5 million people use that app. So 82% of those people uh, like gambling or are interested in learning more about gambling, especially as it becomes more legal and accepted. 82% compared to just 47% of the overall sports audience. So they've got it figured out that, hey, the younger crowd likes it. We are going to try to grow with them and uh, that's just kind of a another shift in the market and a, a fun thing to watch as, yeah, Turner Sports is saying, hey, we're going to try to lead this on the forefront uh, on the Bleacher Report app. If you remember uh, TNT, Turner Sports, Bleacher Report, they were the ones who really put together the uh, the match, I believe is what they called it, between Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods. Uh, where those guys obviously played for a lot of money and were gambling all throughout it. So, to, uh, you know, Turner Sports have shown that interest in the past, and here they are said they're going full all-in on it. Uh, another headline, I guess, uh, Disney wins the box office again. Aladdin brings in $100 million. Third highest opening all year. The critics aren't really in love with this movie, but apparently the uh, the people who are going to watch it are rating it well. I think the audience scores in the ninety mid nineties, ninety three percent, as as Disney, you know, basically uh, extends their lead. They have the first two. They have number one and number two when it comes to highest opening weekends. Now give them number three, as Aladdin knocks out Us, which pulled in about seventy one million on their opening weekend. Uh, top three looks like Avengers Endgame, Captain Marvel, and now Aladdin. Memorial Day weekend, it's a pretty slow weekend, which was a little bit surprising. I thought that was kind of the kickoff to summer blockbusters, but I guess it's the weekend after where you know, you're know you not on the lake and you're not busy on vacation or anything like that. So they're, they're happy with pulling in over $100 million. I believe it was they were projected to get 105 on their extended long weekend. Last story of the day, um, just something to keep an eye on. If you are in the ride share market, whether you drive, you ride, whatever, if you're fascinated with it, if you don't take taxis and don't worry about it, well, maybe this won't interest you, or maybe it will because the roads are about to be a little bit different, at least according to uh, the people who study this stuff for Uber and Lyft. The global market for ride hailing and robo taxis could be worth $2 trillion by 2030. Basically, what they're saying is, yeah, there's a lot of money to be had when it comes to uh, robots and drive, you know, uh, driverless cars. That could mean a couple of different things. A, uh, for me, when I heard this story, I'm like, okay, I don't want to ever ride with robots. I don't want to ride with someone who's not physically driving the car. I don't want to be on the road with that many people. And yeah, it kind of sucks for the drivers. I mean, I guess if you are wanting to make a a good uh, bit of side money on it. That's going to slowly start going away as they project in the next 20 years. It's going to be mostly, uh, or I guess I guess in uh, 10 years, it's going to be mostly 
driverless. The good news for you if you're listening and you take a lot of Ubers or take a lot of taxis is, is that they project that cost will go down by almost 80%. No driver, easier, cheaper. 80% cheaper uh, ride share. So you can catch an Uber or a Lyft for about, you know, one-fifth of the price you're currently doing that for, which if you're worried, uh, I guess if you're looking for more cons, the public transportation in the cities, uh, they're, they're worried about that. It's going to put a strain on them as more, uh, fewer and fewer people are already taking the bus and things like that uh, once Ubers and Lyfts are you know, a fraction of the cost, public transportation is going to really uh, maybe cease to exist or at least really change as the way we've seen it. All right, there's your kickoff to your Tuesday morning. I'll be live on the radio talk sports at noon as we switch times. This was your morning quickie.